0: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. On today's show, we're going to be talking to Jeremy Attaway of SB Nation's Dog Sports, which covers the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, of course, has more than a dozen players who could hear their names called in the NFL draft about a week and a half from now. We'll be going through many of those with Jeremy, talking about uh, potential players who could land with your New York Giants. Giants, of course, have been connected to several players from Georgia, have three players on their current roster, Tay Crowder, Andrew Thomas, and Aziz Ojalari, who were draft picks of, uh, of the Giants, of the previous regime. Giants uh, always seem to uh, to be interested in Georgia players which of course makes sense because the uh, the Bulldogs run one of the best programs in the country quite obviously. So uh, we'll be talking to Jeremy about uh, about the various Georgia prospects here momentarily. Just wanted to go through a few things. It, uh, at Big Blue View on Sunday, I did my, my weekly six-round Giants-only mock draft. This is version 7.0. Spent some time exploring a scenario that uh, that has been talked about quite a bit recently, that being the possibility of the New Orleans Saints giving up the 16th and 19th overall picks in the first round to move up to number 5.0 and get that pick from the Giants to uh to get in front of the Carolina Panthers in uh, in an effort to select a quarterback most likely Malik Willis of Liberty um you know what the what the Panthers or what the Saints would do with that pick really isn't a concern of the Giants at at this point in time but uh anyway what you know what what I wanted to find out was what would happen what would the board look like for the Giants if uh, if those picks were made? And incidentally, before we even talk about that, the way that this works out, the Giants actually save about a half a million dollars in salary cap space by moving down from number 5 to 16 and 19. The combined value of those two picks against the salary cap is a little bit less than the number 5 pick by itself so it does work financially for the giants who as you know are really really up against it when it comes to the 2022 salary cap anyway what i was able to do in this draft i was able to get mississippi state offensive tackle charles cross at number 7 with both evan neal and Iki aquanu off the board and then at number 16 I took Kenyon Green guard from Texas A&M and at 19 I took Andrew Booth cornerback from Clemson. You can check uh, bigblueview.com to see my full rationale for uh, for why I made those picks, the uh, list of other players who were available in those spots who I had to choose from. And and listen, you know whether or not I made the right picks at 16 and 19 I think is debatable but I did want to go through this scenario, see what kind of players would be available. I come out of this draft with two starting offensive linemen and a starting cornerback in the first round and feel pretty good about that. We can argue about whether I should have taken Tyler Linderbaum, the Iowa center at 16, instead of Kenyon Green. We can argue about whether or not perhaps I should have taken a linebacker like N'Kobe Dean at nineteen instead of Andrew Booth, but uh, but I'm pretty happy with the fact that I come away with three starting caliber players there, and it's just an example of what might happen if indeed a trade like this were to take place on uh, on draft night. All right, Giants fans, let's uh, let's get to the interview that I did with Jeremy Attaway. Giants fans, I'm joined now by Jeremy Attaway of SB Nation's Dog Sports, which covers the Georgia Bulldogs. We're going to be talking to Jeremy about uh, NFL draft prospects from Georgia as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you very, very much for uh, hopping on the show.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you again, Ed. Always, uh, Always nice to catch up here ahead of the draft
0: you know it it jeremy it, it it is a a real real shame that you guys are going to have nothing to do on draft night
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it uh it's you know georgia usually is one of the schools that can count on having at least a couple of uh guys who were in the first round discussion uh you know always has a few players drafted uh have, georgia has one of the longest streaks going of having players drafted Uh, but I don't think Georgia has ever had a class quite like this one, uh, where you have, you know, frankly, three, maybe four guys who are squarely in the first round discussion, uh, some mock drafts with as many as five Georgia Bulldogs going in the first round. Uh, it's, it's truly unprecedented and, uh, kind of, you know, the kind of class that you would expect, uh, coming off a national championship.
0: What do you have? Is it 14 or 15 guys with, uh, with draftable grades at this point?
1: Yeah, it, it really all kind of depends. Uh, the, the guys who are probably sort of on the bubble there, uh, Jake Camarda, who's a punter, who made some waves at the combine when he ran a 4 5 six, 40 uh, which I don't know if that's the fastest time a punter has ever run, but it's the fastest I've ever seen a punter run the 40-yard. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, we really could uh, legitimately be looking at um, you know, as many as, as eight uh, to nine Georgia Bulldogs with, with first, second, or third-round grades, and as many as 14 guys uh, you know, who will hear their name called by the time everything's over.
0: You know, at this rate, I think uh, I think we're we need a a Georgia corner in in the Giants' locker room at this point. The way the way things have gone the last few years, but let's let's talk about some of the guys who could go in the first round and some of the guys that that are are often connected to the Giants. And I think we have to start with with Trayvon Walker. Um, do you? do you understand his rise to the point where people are talking about him going number one overall, possibly? Do you, you know, would you have seen that coming a couple of months ago?
1: You know, in a way I'm tempted to say yes. And in a way, no, um, Trayvon Walker is a guy who came to Georgia as a five-star prospect out of Upson Lee high school, uh, really right down the road from, from me here in middle Georgia, a guy who I saw, uh, playing football and basketball from a young age, just, um, you know, it's overused, especially in terms of uh, NFL draft evaluations, but he's a guy who is legitimately an athletic freak. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a guy quite like uh, Trayvon. Um, Bulldog fans knew that he was special when as a true freshman at six, five and 270 pounds, uh, he was put on the uh, kickoff coverage team. Um, you know, when you've got a guy that size who you want running down on kick coverage, that gives you an idea. He's one of these guys who we see, it seems, in the lead up to the draft every year, whose, you know, college statistics are not overwhelming, partially because he played on such a stacked defense. They're just, Georgia did not have a player uh, ranked in the top 20 in tackles in the SEC this year. And that was largely because every player on that stacked Georgia defense made plays. There was no player who had to make all of the plays. And so Trevon Walker was a guy who a lot of people didn't really see until later in the season uh, when they realized just how unblockable he can be uh, when he turns it on. Really came on this year as a more consistent player. The thing that I think with him is so amazing is, uh, you know He has those off-the-charts measurables in terms of the size, speed, strength combo, um, and the NFL has come to realize you know, there are a lot of those guys who, uh, even though they don't put up jumbo statistics in college, um, can really slot into your system in the NFL and be difference makers. He's a guy who you know, has the ability to play inside as a third uh, third down, inside tackle. Yeah, uh, you know, can play theoretically all the way out to a nine technique, even you know, play with his hand up uh, and play at linebacker. You don't see a lot of guys who are going to play at 280 pounds who can do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get it. He, he is a unique physical talent, uh, especially in the system that, that learns to use him efficiently.
0: You buy that if he lands in the right place, with the with the right defensive coordinator, that he'll be a better, at least statistically, a better NFL player than he was college player.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case. And and Travon Walker actually graded out exceptionally uh, in the Georgia defense. Uh, it's just that with how he was used, he was not really counted on uh, to be the guy making the tackles. There were a lot of times. Uh, when that Georgia defensive front of uh, Trevon Walker, Devonte Wyatt, who, who's obviously a guy a lot of people are, are discovering, uh, and Jordan Davis, who's a guy everybody knew about from the beginning of the season, uh, you know those three guys were absorbing five and six blockers. Um, allowing the Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, those, those Georgia linebackers who are also big prospects in this year's draft to really flow free and, and make a lot of plays, um, you know, in the right NFL system, I think Trevon Walker is a guy who, who kind of gets unleashed, um, you know, try and win one-on-one battles a little more than he was in, in the system at Georgia. Uh, and I think physically he's probably capable of doing that.
0: All right. Hey, you know, there's, there's so many, Georgia defensive guys to talk about and and I want to do that but I need to jump to the offensive side of the ball and I need to ask you about one of the guys who's kind of become I I almost want to say you know one of my draft crushes this year and I need to ask you about George Pickens sure am I nuts to think that that the team that drafts this guy is going to wind up looking really, really smart in the end. You know, I, I, I look at this guy and I look at the giants and I look at Kenny Galladay and what Kenny Galladay was supposed to be is, you know, a vertical threat, a 50, 50 catch guy, you know, contested catches, all of that. I keep looking at, at George Pickens, and, and I've I've said this on on other shows and on on our website as well. But I keep looking at George Pickens and thinking he's got the skill set that Kenny Galladay was supposed to bring to the Giants, and and I think he would look really really good in a Giants uniform. Just some thoughts on on Pickens.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I think the the best explanation for what George Pickens does probably came from uh, his former quarterback J T Daniels. Who, who said uh, in the lead up to the 2021 season, George Pickens makes those 50-50 balls we throw, 90-10 balls. Um, he just has such exceptional body control, uh, really strong hands, uh, is underrated as a leaper. I think you, you saw that at the combine in terms of um, you know, both – you know, both the vertical that he put up and also that 44740 that he ran. Um, you know, when you see guys, uh, you know, running le- legit mid 4 or 5 40s at, at 6'3, 210, um, you know, that's that's pretty impressive athleticism. Uh, he's a guy who, who is just productive. When you, you know, if you target George Pickens, he's going to come down with the ball. That That is something that we've seen at Georgia really from the get-go, you know, obviously dealt with some injuries, uh, in Athens, including an ACL tear, uh, that he suffered last spring, still managed to come back late in this season and make some key plays in that title run. Um, you know, also have been some issues with, with, uh, George with maturity. Um, he's had some, uh, some, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties at, at bad times. Um, he was, uh, actually ejected from the Georgia Tech game uh, last year. Uh, If you go on the Internet, uh, you you can find some great footage. If you remember longtime NFL linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, Pat Swilling, uh, his son plays cornerback for Georgia Tech. Um, George Pickens took exception to how he was being guarded uh, and uh, threw threw Pat Swilling headfirst into a brick wall uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of a play. Um, It it makes for compelling video, but – to me, it's the one thing that you worry about a little bit with him. Uh, we saw a lot of those kind of concerns abate this year. Uh, all indications were that uh, he's a much more mature player than he was you know, earlier in his time in Athens. The physical talent with George is undeniably there. He clearly uh, is one of those guys who, who uh, you know, occasionally you get in the NFL, rarely that situation where you, you get into a game – and you don't have a, you know, an answer for a receiver. Uh, and those are powerful situations for an NFL offensive coordinator. George Pickens has the potential to be that guy, uh, but he's got to be consistent. He's, he's got to be level-headed. Um, you know, those are things that he needs to grow into if he's going to be uh, you know, a, a legit all-pro player.
0: All right, let me get to one other player who keeps being connected to the Giants. Um, one of another, one of your, your offensive guys and that's running back, James cook, the giants have, have had a, a plethora of guys come in to East Rutherford on these 30, these top 30 visits. I think cook was among those guys that, that came in. I look at James cook and I see a guy who he's not to me, he doesn't run through a lot of tackles. He's not going to 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 push piles you know between the tackles but this guy especially in the pass game especially if you can get him into space to me this guy can make plays it, it, and i if the giants draft a running back to be a change of pace guy for you know to to complement saquon barkley i i would love to see cook as a giant you know in the third round maybe in the fourth round just your thoughts, maybe, on the ceiling for what kind of player James Cook can be?
1: Yeah, you know, James Cook is an interesting uh, player to project. I think to the NFL at Georgia, he really found a niche, especially this past season. Uh, you know, Zamir White, obviously the bigger tailback uh, in that Georgia rotation, um, and then you had uh, Kenny McIntosh, guy out of South Florida, who really was a good kind of all-around player who, who you know sort of be the leader of the pack for the Bulldogs next year, James Cook really found his niche um, both as an outside runner and really in the passing game. You know, he, he was a guy who uh, we knew coming into, into his career in Athens that he had great hands. Um, and he really, really, uh, in Todd Munkin's offense, it uh, was a guy who occasionally got split out in the slot. Uh, we even saw him used, um, you know, occasionally as an outside, you know, as a, as a, uh, an X or Z receiver. Um, you know, uh, really the kind of guy that, that an offensive coordinator um, can make unique use of. Yeah, uh, you know, he's got great speed. Uh, ran a four-four-two at the combine, uh, which is a, you know, that's pretty good for a 200-pound running back. Um, I think he got a reputation in Athens as as kind of the change of pace uh, to Zamir White, and I don't know that's entirely fair. I mean, he, uh, you know, he did uh, carry it 113 times for 278 yards in 2021. I mean, that's, uh, you don't you don't run for 6.4 yards a carry in the SEC without, you know, being able to break some tackles. And he, he definitely has the ability to do that, I think, above and beyond what people sometimes saw. Uh, but he is really an intriguing prospect because of his ability uh, to fill a lot of roles, to, to split out, to play in the slot. Um, it really is an above-average blocker for his size. James Cook, uh, coaches in Athens have raved about what a complete player he became in 2021.
0: Interesting. I guess the only question that I have, if you look at him as a, as a third down sort of passing down kind of back is, is, is pass protection. And it, and I guess the, the question is for you, I mean, how willing is he, because I think you can teach guys as long as they're willing. So the question is really is, you know, for you, is he a, a willing guy, you know, to stick his nose in there and pass protection?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think so for the most part. He, uh, he improved in that uh, a lot during his career in Athens. Uh, had some breakdowns uh, early in terms of doing that, and I think was targeted a little bit uh, as a result. Um, some of that is kind of by comparison. Again, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're trying to figure out how to attack uh, that Georgia uh, offense in a passing set, um, James Cook was probably the weakest link uh, they could, uh, attack. Um, but he really improved on that. I think, uh, it's something that is probably still the weakest part of his game, uh, in, in terms of, of that. Uh, but still something he's shown great improvement at, uh, and he seems like a a guy who's, uh, whose best days in terms of, of some of those kind of technique and, um, you know, finer points are ahead of him.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's circle back to some of your first round guys or potential first round guys. You have two defensive tackles from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt, you know, who the, the, the quickness, the, the, the get off is just amazing to me for a guy as big as he is. And then just the athleticism of, of Jordan Davis is amazing for a guy that's 340, 350 pounds. I don't know. I, I look at Jordan Davis and I want to compare him to Dexter Lawrence of the Giants, to be honest with you. And, and, and if I do that, if I, if I use Dexter Lawrence as the benchmark or as the baseline, is Jordan Davis a better NFL player than Dexter Lawrence or about the same or, or not quite as good in the end?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of it is going to kind of depend on scheme. Um, one of the things with Jordan Davis that's most amazing um, is that he's that rare guy who has just the, the mass to play a zero technique kind of tackle um, to just head up over the center and eat up two, two guys in run defense. But he also has really impressive sideline to sideline pursuit. Um, during the draft, you will almost assuredly see a play he made um, against UAB earlier this year uh, where uh, yeah, he chased down uh, UAB's quarterback uh, outside the pocket, uh, literally got an angle on the guy, and chased him down on the sideline, which is something a, a 340-pound defensive tackle shouldn't be able to do. Um, you know, Jordan Davis, I think when you compare him to a Lawrence, probably has more physical upside. Uh, he, he really – jumps off the screen in terms of his best plays from an athletic standpoint being better than just about anybody else's, um, you know, top three athletic plays. The, the question with Jordan is going to be, uh, can he stay in shape at that size? Um, you know, can he be an every down player? That's kind of the question, and that was the question for him coming into 2021. Uh, He answered a lot of that, played a lot of snaps for Georgia, especially late in the season. Um, You know, had a couple of games where he played almost – really almost every standard down defensive snap, um, which, you know, for a 345, 350-pound guy, you know, playing playing, uh, in 80-degree weather, <laughs> with eighty percent humidity, um, you know, in Georgia and Florida, is is no easy task. So I think he can do that. Um, the question will be with him. You know, I think a uh, if you're a defensive coordinator, you got to get him in the right scheme. Uh, again, with that size, that sort of zero technique, nose tackle uh, kind of guy, and yeah, you you absolutely need him to uh, play consistently. Uh, he did that in 2021. Was that, uh, you know, because it's essentially a contract year uh, because he's playing uh, for a national championship, um, you know, uh, can he do that uh, in a midseason game, you know, midseason uh, non-division game, uh, you know, that's where the real pros set themselves apart. Uh, and so that's going to be for me, the question with him
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I need to ask you about uh, N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker. He's a guy that that I look at. Some people kind of, if you, if you want to talk about inside linebackers, some people prefer Devin Lloyd of Utah Some people prefer Dean, some people, you know, kind of kind of knock Dean down a little bit because of concerns maybe about his size, but I just look at the way that he plays and the leadership that he provides and the different things that he can do. I think Nicobe Dean is going to be a really, really good NFL player. And I guess it's a twofold or two-part question I mean, do you do you agree with me that that you think he could be, you know, the, the 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 best inside linebacker in this class? And do you think there's a possibility that he might be available for the Giants 36?
1: You know, it's interesting uh, when N'Kobe Dean, especially in in 2020, was really coming into his own. Um, a comparison. Um, that I heard some Bulldog coaches make uh, that I know you will appreciate uh, was actually to a guy who is not a, was not a big name in college. Um, He's sort of the polar opposite of N'Kobe Dean uh, and that was Tay Crowder. Um, And the reason the coaches compared N'Kobe Dean to Crowder um, was that uh, he had that kind of work ethic where he came in every day, lunch pail in hand um, and the Kobe Dean is what you get when you have that kind of work ethic with a guy who has, has some pretty impressive physical gifts. Um, yeah. He, he is certainly not from a, from a height, weight standpoint, um, probably not the ideal uh, for, for a top inside linebacker uh, going in, but uh, you know, sideline to sideline uh, he is about as quick Uh, to the ball as anyone, uh, has an unbelievable football IQ, really smart guy. Uh, I think more than that, has unbelievable instincts for the ball. Um, Those are things that are really hard to teach, uh, and they're things that are difficult to develop. Uh, And N'Kobe Dean absolutely has them. So, yeah, I think it's a situation where I could see N'Kobe Dean being a guy who maybe falls a little bit on draft day Uh, if people get trigger shy uh, you know, about taking the guy who doesn't have the measurables. Um, that being said, you know, I expect he's a guy who's going to play for a long time in the league. Uh, he just has, um, you know, he has all the physical uh, minimum measurables, um, has unbelievable uh, speed uh, for the size that he has. And the guy is just, you know, as, as a technician, uh, he, he's just hard to beat.
0: All right, you know, we could go through pretty much every one of the draftable prospects from Georgia and and I don't want to do that cuz we could be here all night to be honest with you. What I wanted to ask you is really about two other players in particular. And Giants fans know that the Giants need help on their offensive line. Widely expected that the Giants will take an offensive tackle with a, with one of their first uh, two picks, which are at five and seven in round one. Also pretty much widely expected that, that at some point through the rest of the draft, the Giants will add at least one, maybe two more players you know, along the offensive line in the draft. The Giants have nine picks through six rounds in this draft. And I'm curious... Georgia has two players in this draft class who I guess would qualify as sort of mid-round offensive lineman types in Justin Schaefer and Jamari Sawyer. And I'm curious, Jeremy, which one you think, if if you had to, to guess which one of those guys might end up as the better bet, the guy that might have, you know, the, the, the longer better NFL career out of those two sort of mid-round offensive line prospects, which one would it be?
1: Um, you know, if you force me to pick, I'm probably going with Sawyer. Um, uh, Jamari Sawyer's a guy who's played um, every position on the offensive front at Georgia other than center. Uh, and frankly, he practiced there uh, a couple of times. Uh, Jamari Sawyer was Probably Georgia's best all-purpose offensive lineman during the 2021 season. Um, he's a guy who probably uh, is more natural uh, as a guard, um, but I think that probably on the NFL level goes double for for Schaefer. Um, I, I don't think that Schaefer has the feet uh, really to to play tackle in the NFL. I think he's going to be a guard. Um, Sawyer is a guy who probably uh, plays both guard spots. Um, and right tackle Uh, could play left tackle if he needs to Uh, you know I mean certainly I think there are other you know better uh, you know blind side tackle prospects Um, you know Charles Cross out of Mississippi State uh, is a guy that a lot of of folks in the SEC really like uh, who I I sort of expect and then you know obviously kid Penning out of northern Iowa certainly Uh, you know maybe there may be available um, be one to consider, but uh, Jamari Sawyer has great strength, um, well above average feet for his size, um, and again, is, is another one of these guys from this Georgia team that has a lot of experience playing uh, cross-trained uh, on the offensive line um, you know, with a, with a limited NFL roster. Uh, Jamari Sawyer is one of those guys who you could see um, you know, an NFL – Uh, offensive line coach kind of building a unit around um, one of those guys who who can play wherever they need him to. Uh, And and I think that ability probably makes him a little more valuable.
0: You know, like I said, Jeremy, we could talk all night about some of these guys. Just curious, you know, last thing before I let you go, um, anyone else out of this group of, of Georgia guys who, who you're really, really high on who you really think is going to have a, a long, you know, productive uh, NFL career, anyone we haven't talked about yet.
1: You know, a guy who a lot of people have really, I'd say there's a one A and a one B two guys who did not get as much play on that Georgia defense. They weren't big names, but they were incredibly productive. Uh, one is linebacker Channing Tindall. Um, Tyndall is a guy who uh, you know, was a part-time starter, second-string player until this year uh, when he really came into his own. Uh, he was essentially unblockable uh, for Clemson in the season opener. Um, is a, you know, a 6'4", 240-pound uh, linebacker who can play inside or outside. Um, really supple hips for his size drops well in coverage has probably the most closing speed I saw from an sec linebacker this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy who I think will really open some eyes, but the guy who I think may also have a, a pretty long and productive NFL career uh, who a lot of people aren't aware of uh, is a guy named Lewis sign uh, CINE. Uh, he's a safety uh, out of Houston and came to Georgia as a four-star prospect and um, started, uh, as a sophomore and a junior, um, I think, uh, you know, really made a name for himself at the combine when he ran the fastest time of any Georgia player, uh, timed in at four, three, seven in the 40, uh, which at 195 pounds for a safety is, is pretty good. Uh, he's a guy who you've heard some people talk about, uh, you know, gives him the ability to play strong, free and nickel, uh, really hard hitter, um, great hands, uh, great ball skills. Um, you know, Lewis Sign is a guy who I think uh, is going to make somebody very very happy when they pick him up, you know, probably in the second or third round.
0: All right, we'll have to see how many of uh, how many Georgia Bulldogs wind up with the Giants. As I said earlier, I think the uh, the Giants kind of need a Georgia corner in their locker room these days.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's been there's been kind of a connection there. And uh, you you see that, you know, obviously, uh, when you get, uh, you know, a staff or or front office, and they're comfortable with how particular college programs evaluate players they are comfortable with how they're developed. um, You know, you kind of tend to to see that, Um, you know, uh, frankly, I would absolutely love to see a bunch of Georgia players on on the podium. Uh, you know, coming up uh, with the Giants hoisting a trophy uh, like the Bulldogs did this past year. Uh, wouldn't that be something
0: that, that would work for Giants fans? I know that much. All right. Hey, Jeremy, thank you very, very much for uh, spending some time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be we'll be doing this again uh, just about this time next year. Yep. Looking forward to it. Ed. All right. Thank you much. And that's the show for today. Giants fans. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned some things from our chat with Jeremy Attaway of SB nations dog sports. Please remember to uh, subscribe to big blue view radio, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at big blue view. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Follow us uh, on our website as we, uh, give you all the coverage that you'll need leading up to the draft, through the draft, and heading into the 2022 NFL season. Make sure you've joined the community so that you can comment, so that you can uh, get involved in in conversations with other Giants fans. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye